Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Hey folks, this is Tim Patterson, your host again today for Punching Holes in the Darkness. And of course, today we have Pastor Joel Wayne with us, and he's going to be talking about being the church and how we can truly be the church. But in just a moment, we're going to be back and talk about that. So hang in there. Look forward to seeing you then. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, GuideServe. Well, welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast produced by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's for the pastors and leaders of this great state and others within our Baptist design to uh, provide encouragement, inspiration, information, in order that we may be all better prepared to punch holes in the darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, Executive Director Treasurer here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and in your host today. And today we have a very, very special guest with us, a dear friend of mine, Joel Wayne. He is a senior pastor, a lead, lead pastor at a church called Chapel Point over on the west side of our state. And they became a part of the Baptist State Convention about a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually, I think, last January. Yeah, last January. So we're, you were very kind to even allow us to come in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really a stretch, but I mean, we, there was a lot of wrangling back and forth. I can forth. see already how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> but Joel is uh, Joel's a great pastor and a good friend and uh, doing an admirable job in leadership and, and taking the church and growing it. They're, they're doing extremely well. Uh, uh, they really are the largest church we have now in our convention. And... Uh, they're in, I think, three worship services during this COVID situation, uh, pressing to go to four. They, He doesn't really want to, do you? It's going to exhaust me, but <laughs> I, I mean, I can't really complain about it. I, I tell you, we're, we're blessed to be able to, to, to see the growth that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it, it's just, it's great to see that. They just have a heart for other churches and pastors and leaders within our state and really beyond our state and around the country and around the world. And uh, because of his heart for them, he wants to see churches really thrive and do well. And uh, really, you you have kind of a burden yeah. for churches that are in decline and not doing Yeah, well. we want to see, I tell you, man, uh, that is my heart. I, I've been able to pastor several different places. And Tim, my heart is to see churches advance. And I love church planting. I think healthy churches, anything healthy, right? We know this from years and years of leadership. Anything healthy is going to multiply. But 
Um, I like to see the churches that are maybe, um, maybe they've been plateaued for a while. They don't fully understand what it is to have a clear vision and a clear strategy advance. And it's exciting to see. Um, there are wonderful people, wonderful resources in every state in this nation that I think sometimes feel forgotten. Because maybe their heyday was in their 60s and their 70s, uh, you know, 1970s, 1980s, whatever it is. But God can redeem. God can restore. And it's fun to see that. So, yeah, a lot of our energy is about kingdom expansion. How do we make sure the kingdom expands uh, through advancing other churches? So that's what we're about. It's so much fun. Love it. I really agree, uh, Joel, with what you say about healthy churches. Truly healthy churches will multiply. Every time. It, It just... But getting a church healthy nowadays, there's just so many things that push back yeah. on that. Yep. Even the church itself sometimes yeah. pushes back on that. And there's, but there are some key things that we can identify very quickly that, that does push back on that. I think right away, Pastor Tim, you nailed on some of it. There are things that push back on it. But if you can identify those things quickly and, and then acknowledge, oh, wait a second, maybe these things are serving as opposition to what we're called to, then you can have the courage to deal with it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're already seeing that happen in some churches. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's that's what's really exciting. When you see a church revitalize, uh, almost like it has a rebirth. Yes. And a change. Uh, and then come back to getting a vision and a passion to be who they who God called them to be in the first place. Yeah. Wake up the giant. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, and one of the things I mean, we've talked about this before, but one of the things that often the culture of a church will tell you everything. Like you can walk into some churches, like one of our, our core values of Chapel Point is that we want the Holy Spirit. We want God's presence to be palpable when you walk in weekly. I see people literally crying before we even start a service because they just go, God is here. Now, I know that we have a lot. Of, we have we have nearly 25. We average about 25 new families that visit every week. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of new people that step in. But it's it's remarkable how every week people go, man, God's presence is palpable here. And that's one of the things. And, and you do that through prayer, the intentionality toward prayer and everything else that's, that's happening. And so we go, how do we make sure that that's part of our culture? That's part of our DNA. How do we make sure that our leaders are fully bought in? I'm praying for an hour before every service that God will just make himself known. Right. It's just, it's fun to see. It's fun to be a part of. Uh, uh, John, you have what, five core values, core yeah. principles that, that you hold to. And one of those is yes. the palpable presence of God. Yes. That you really want to, what are the others that you have? Uh, one uh, that discipleship is a way of life. So one of the things that we always say is that even transformation, sanctific- sanctification, it's a continual process. It's not a one-time event. I think too many churches are designed to, hey, if we get people to come worship, and then if we can get them into a Bible study, um, and then if they'll serve somewhere, serve the church, notice that language, I got that. Yeah. Then, then, then we're good. Like Then that's like a Mac Daddy leader. That's what we would say. Like, they're, they're legit. It's messed up. Like the, Anybody who understands that they've been redeemed by the power of Jesus for eternity, Jumping in a Bible study is called common sense. Okay, so we've lowered the standard of what it is, I think, to know Jesus. And so really what we what we desire is for people to live in discipleship as part of their life, no matter what they're doing. Having You have eternal conversations every day with everybody that you're in contact with. So discipleship is a way of life. One of them is kingdom expansion, to be engaged in kingdom expansion. So 
one of the jobs that I have is to keep the eyes of Chapel Point off of Chapel Point Mm -hmm. um, because we could look back and, and, I think every church ends up because of pride. Yeah, we get myopic. We Man, so do. We so, we just do. You, I mean, I've been doing ministry a long time. You've been doing it a lot longer than I have. And I look at it. And I'm I, not that long. I, mean, come on. <laughs> I, I look at it, man. We can feel so good about ourselves, and and I go, why? I mean, if you if we're really honest, man, the church is we've we failed. Yes, we've lost. Our, we lost have failed and losing. Right. And even the churches that are growing are often growing slower than the community around them. Mm-hmm. So then we start celebrating a church for growing 5% when the community is growing at 8%. So in five years, you're so far off and we're celebrating the wrong things. So we want to be a part of kingdom expansion. Um, we want every single person in our church to live in their spiritual giftedness. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that's really, really important for us. So that means we have assessments for everybody to be a part of through membership. So they learn what their gifts are. And if you can let people serve in their sweet spot, they're going to serve longer. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the people who are serving in their sweet spot for pastors out there, ironically, they actually give more money. Oh, absolutely. Every single time. They're happier. Right. They're satisfied. Yeah. They know what they're doing has meaning and purpose. It's it's amazing. We're getting more and more people to serve in their giftedness. And now we're having to do a mid-year increase on budget because guess what? People are giving so far over the budget because they're serving in their area of giftedness. <laughs> That's what happens, right? And, and so, and then so that's discipleship is a way of life. We're all about kingdom expansion. Just um, loving tone sets community. A loving tone. Um, we're going to be speaking truth, but in love. Um, so it, it was amazing. I did a series called Speak, where we spoke about politics and we spoke about racism and we spoke about hatred and we spoke about biblical sexuality. And I had people who are coming even with biblical sexuality, I'm there preaching about what the Bible says about sexuality. And they came to me afterwards. They're like, you know what? Obviously we disagree with what you're saying, but thank you for the way you're saying it. So I'm speaking hard truths, but you can do that in love. Absolutely. But don't stop speaking the hard truths. And so those are the core principles of what we have. um, And the the values that we have that we're not willing to give up no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. I, I wish so many churches could hear this and pastors could hear this, that, it's not really rocket science, as we say, it's, it's to not. do church and to be the church. Yeah. Uh, it's just the basic principles we find in God's Word. It yep. really is. Yeah. And I think what happens when people, church members or those in the community, see a church being the church, that they just say, that's what I want to be. I want to yep. be part of that. Yes. And, and they naturally gravitate to that. And so you really don't have to have growth campaigns in your church. No. You don't have to have outreach programs in your church. It's already just built in by the natural uh, spiritual growth of the people. Yes. They're going to do outreach. They're yeah. going to reach people. Yes. And so. I remember we did a building campaign uh-huh. three years ago. One, let me go ahead and throw this in there. You only build because you have to. Yeah. This whole build it and they will come thing. Uh-oh. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We had such a long line out of the restrooms that we had to build. I mean, people would have to leave to go somewhere else to go to the restroom. That that's bad. Um, and so we had to build. We they we we hired a company. They're like, you need to do six months building up to this. I said, no way. I did three weeks, and in three weeks we brought in four mil, um, almost four million dollars in commitment. And because if they have a heart for Christ, and they, they people just want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Exactly. And yet. 
the, here's the real issue, Tim. Don't we? We're just presenting too small of a God. Yeah. I, well, I agree. I, I think we, people just so limit the things of God, the power of God, and what He can do. Yeah. We say, well, He can't do that. He used to do that. We did that before. You can't do that. Yeah. Now. Yes, you can. You do anything. Yeah. God hadn't changed. Yeah. He's still the same. Still on the throne. Uh, I checked with him this morning. He's, he's still, still there. there. He's, he's doing well. He's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in uh, our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design. They can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course, any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. I made a little reference to this earlier. When, when things are really focused on just the basic principles that we've talked about, some of yeah. those five core values, yeah, you really start to be the church, yeah. And that out of that has come has something has come that we have partnered with you to, about, yeah. and with your church, and it's a little thing called be the church, be the church. All that, that's creative. Isn't yeah, it? it's really, it's really well, advanced. Did you get some firm to help you with that? I mean, did you get, spend a lot of time, you know, with advertising oh, and all that? Oh my goodness! To, and, uh, uh, I know you're mocking me right now, but here's a here's a here's a funny thing. So, uh, literally, I think it was March 16th last year that everything shut down in the state of Michigan. Right? It really, nah. I mean, it, it right. was huge. Right? So that you have this this uh, pandemic that happened uh, called COVID 19 and. I grabbed about 15 of my staff, about half of them. And I said, listen, guys, I think God, this is the best opportunity for us to engage the community right now. Like this is an opportunity that maybe we'll never have again. Now, I, I believe that crisis reveals organizational health. So the crisis of COVID-19 has revealed the organizational health of a lot of companies, but also churches. I consult with companies as well. And what I tell them is, listen, you've learned a lot about yourself the last year, if you're honest with yourself. And we go, hey, we can engage people right now. So we, we've started building out cohorts of leaders, about six. We have a facilitator where now what we're doing is we're not only investing in the pastor's. But we're starting to invest in the lay leaders of the pastors of the with the pastors of the church. So imagine this: not only do you have a pastor of a church, but you have their three, four, five key leaders around them, all learning together, growing together, building up together. Um, one of the greatest places that the church has failed, I think, in the last 60, 70 years is I think the leaders behind the leader of a church, they don't know how to support them. I understand that. 
Absolutely. The leaders behind the leader, they have failed because one, they don't know the responsibilities that they have and they've become distracted about keeping a tradition rather than moving toward a movement of God. And so if you can get them all in a room to talk about how do you make sure you stay focused and how do you make sure that you handle the conflict in the church, we don't even allow for grumbling or complaining in our church. We don't like we will tell people we've had people apply for membership and they're just complainers. <laughs> and we just say, this isn't the church for you. And people are like, you're telling me no? I'm like, yeah, we are. Because God killed thousands of people for complaining in the Absolutely. Bible. So we don't even allow for it. Um, and so it's been really exciting to do Be the Church and to see all of these individuals where even I think associations are going to start adopting this model of what it is to bring all the pastors together, but also their lay leaders at times together to learn and to grow and to be on vision and mission together. Yeah. Yeah. Churches don't grow. They're not. Churches don't grow just because of a pastor. No. A pastor, uh, I think it's in, he's integral. Yes, he's important. I had been a pastor for 40 plus years. I love the, the place that God has put me to do that. Yeah. But a pastor, he just leads people. It's the people and the leaders of those people that really get it done. Yeah. And without that, that team working together, it will never be the church. Yes. And that's been a component that's missing. And much of what we're putting together and we're joining together with others around the state is a way to help prepare pastors, help them get that vision, how to cast that vision, how to organize for that vision, how to develop that vision, and do it with leaders around them and with them, not by themselves. Yes. I, I found out a long time ago, I can... I can lead about 10 people. Yeah. And that's probably about it. I, about 10. Jesus started out with 12 and he lost one. So, yeah. you know, I, it, it kind of tells me something. You, yeah. you can lead about 10 people. And so I have to focus strongly and I've learned to focus strongly on a small core group of leaders, develop them and then let them lead others Yes, and then develop others and lead others. That's the way it has to work. Yeah. And listen, everybody will tell you, there's a reason for the last 20 years, everybody keeps talking about the leadership void. Mm -hmm. There's a leadership void in the church today. Um, and a lot of churches hire chaplains, not leaders. Oh yes. And, and I want people to recognize um, simply because you have a desire to be a lead pastor, doesn't mean that you have a design by God to be a lead pastor. I think right. that's a big thing. But even last night, Know what matters to you. Last night, I had 30 of my key leaders come into a meeting. So there's actually 31 of us sitting in a room for two and a half hours because we're looking at buying another church down the street. We're looking at launching some sites. I got to hire four or five more people right now. We're talking about all these things that are going on. And what I would do is I literally took my phone and I pressed a timer and I gave them a three minute update on one subject. And then around circles in six different groups, I then said, now you're going to pray equally as long. And so I would speak three minutes. We would pray three minutes. Then I'd give them another thing that we're talking about right now. And then they would pray three minutes. So for two and a half hours, for half of that time, nearly, guess it's what prayer. we did? We prayed. Yeah. What a novel idea. What, right? Because <laughs> church isn't even, or so many leaders today, man, they just want everything to be neat and orderly. Show me one time in scripture when God said, go do this. And it was neat and orderly. There's nothing neat and orderly right? about the so, New Testament. And yet we say no to God constantly in his movement because it's not going to be neat enough. If you desire neat and orderly, will you please leave the pastorate? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some boldness for you, right? Because go ask Abram if that was neat and orderly. 
go that way, right? Go ask Moses, hey, go back to where they wanted to kill you previously and lead them out of captivity, right? It's just one example after another. And so I go, man, what would it, one of the greatest things we can do is help pastors know how to lead their lay people to champion a vision. Absolutely. And that's what I love doing. Uh, awesome. I, I, man, I love that. That's, that's the, my heart. That's the passion that we have here at uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. When I came here, you know, uh, one of the things that I said, the very first things I said to the body after they had called me to be their executive director, said, we cannot, we cannot plant more churches, punch holes in the darkness, yeah. grow churches, unless we get healthy churches. Yes. And that's what this does. Yeah. This this is sort of the, uh, the emergency room triage area where you go in and get back the, the heart pumping again, get the blood flowing the right way, doing the right things again. And once that happens, a church comes alive. Yeah. But we both know majority of churches are, they really make decisions based on what they are fearful of losing Absolutely. rather than making decisions based on what God is capable of. Right. And as a result, and they just want to hold on to everything that's been, and they're, we, we are failing. I, oh my goodness! If we have a love for Jesus, man. Yeah, Joel, I've had I've had pastors tell me point blank, say, Tim, I would rather this church die, yeah, than have it change like you tell me it needs to change. Yeah, and I said, well, I think you're going to get what you want. Well, what, what did we talk about? A few weeks ago, we had, what, 30 or so leaders at my church yes. together. And one of the things we talked about is, is pastors need to start investing in the spiritually motivated. Right. So here's the sad thing. A lot of pastors honestly aren't spiritually motivated. <laughs> um, and, and Some of them so, are just lazy, Joel. And so we just need to invest in the people who are spiritually motivated, who want to be a part of a movement of God that is greater than they've ever dreamed or imagined. That's Ephesians 3, 2021, right? So... If, if we can invest, listen, if God only needs 11 or 12, yeah, I say 11 because one betrayed him. <laughs> if, if God only needs that, he, he can do it with even fewer if he wants to. He is sure. the God of the universe. We're going to invest yeah. in the spiritually motivated. Let's go change the world. Go with the goers. Do with the doers. Yep. Believe God, God will honor that. Well, what if a pastor, let's say he, you know, he's, just, he's been cranking the machine for a long time. Yeah. Just keeping the wheels going, you know, yeah. just keep it turning, just keeping it turning. The, yeah. And the congregation has come to think, well, as long as it's working, got, you know, still cranking, then we're a success. But he knows differently. Yes. He knows it's not what God wants. He knows he, God has more for them and he wants to do more. What can he do? Yeah. Can, how, how can he how can he get off dead center? How can he help move his church forward? Is there a mechanism? Is there something we have that we can do? Our chapel point does that we can help them do that? Yeah. Um, and one, thank you. Cause I love the partnership that not only our church, but that be the church has with the state. It's fun. We're going to be doing this for a long time yeah. to go, man. We got a lot of work to do together and I'm going to, you know, I'm fully in on helping punch some bigger holes in the darkness. Absolutely. Um, but I look at it and I go one for it. I want to speak just, just to the, the pastor. Or even to the lay leader who's trying to champion a church right now, um, get together five or six, seven people and say, ask one or two questions. What do we think the most radical thing God could do in our community? What is it? 
and ask that one question, write down on a board, and then spend an hour praying about it. Come together again in another week, spend another hour together praying about it. Because when you know something that God's called you to, and you've been praying together with brothers and sisters in Christ about it, it'll give you the courage to actually do it. Yeah, That's the first thing to do. One is I would encourage them to reach out to either be the church and to be the church.org or to reach out um, to me personally through Chapel Point. I don't mind that. Uh, or even to you, because we're partnering together to say, hey, how can they get in a cohort? And we're starting cohorts throughout the state of Michigan, leadership cohorts where the pastors are coming together with five or six other pastors, not to commiserate, not to sit around and talk about how awful they have it, to talk about the power of God to explore what their church's vision is and actually hold each other accountable to then chasing the vision that God has for Absolutely. them. There's the difference. We don't need any more coffee shops full of preachers commiserating. <laughs> we need coffee shops to be full of people sharing Jesus yeah. and the hope that is found in him. And so to join even a leadership cohort, but honestly, Tim, I don't know. There's a lot of leaders out there. I don't know if they, they have the, the spiritual hutzpah to really be held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, but for those who do and want to partner together, we want to help them do it, but it's going to start with prayer. It's going to start with going, Hey, bring in those people together, get on the same page. And then I would encourage them to ask an outside person to come in, whether it's be the church, whether it's the state convention to say, come in and give us some honest evaluation. Listen, we, we have roughly 25 new families visit every week right? Trying to keep up with those. We don't keep them all. So to me, I'm counting what we're losing mm -hmm. and we're growing. We're doing some cool things. I think God's blessing. I'm so grateful for that, but I just brought in a consultant a few months ago and because I want to know what we're doing wrong. Right. I, I want to know what we're missing. We're talking about eternal stuff. Set your pride aside. And so he called some things out on me. He's like, Joel, here's a, I love what you're doing. I love you. Here's a couple things I'm seeing. I needed to hear those things sure, because I need to improve on those things. Man, can we walk with some humility? Yeah. And, we, and that's the way we learn is some new, fresh eyes from the outside. I go to churches every Sunday. Yeah. It's almost a new church every Sunday. When I drive up, I begin to see things from the exterior to how their people are received, how you open the doors, what it looks like on the inside, what it smells like on yep. the inside, yes. how they do their service. Uh, Do they know, serve love, good coffee? That's you, important. Yeah, you know, I love familiarity with people, but sometimes familiarity takes over the service and it becomes like a little, uh, it's a, a almost like a, a family oh, gathering man. and they're interacting. Back in. One of the greatest ways you know that real quick, I gotta jump in, is when, when you sit in a service and the pastor starts talking about people in the church by name. And there's no, there's no greater way to make anybody who's new feel like that they'll never be part of that. Who am I? I, I, I <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Absolutely. Just things like that. We, you know, pastors could learn about those kinds of things yeah. in a cohort. Yes. They could learn how to say, hey, guys, this didn't work. This is not a good idea. Or this is a good idea. And share with that. No one coming condemning and saying, you're you're terrible pastor. No. You're bad. No. There's no condemnation. There's no uh, putting the other down or saying, oh, man, my numbers are great. Your numbers aren't yeah. so good. That kind of stuff is not part of this. Yeah. What we're trying to do is just be the church and help it be the church. Yes. As the, at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, my job is to help churches fulfill the vision that God has given them and to be the success that God wants them to be. Yes. I don't have a program for them. 
I don't have a plan for them. I just want to help them do what God wants them to do. Yeah. And I know that's what you want and, to do. And I, what I love about what you're saying right now, uh, Pastor Tim, is that listen, leadership is not one size fits all. Mm-mm. And everybody's like, hey, just learn these five principles. Listen, there's, there's a value in that. I teach on principles all the time through, through podcasts like this. But I'll tell you also right now, I think it's neat to go, you know what? Let's just sit in a room and have some good coffee and figure out what God wants for you. Amen. That's good stuff. Well, Joel Wayne has been our guest today here on Punching Holes in the Darkness. He is pastor, or the lead pastor at Chapel Point and west side of our state, Hudsonville area, and having a great time over there. Listen, if you'd like to know more about Punching Holes in the Darkness, a broadcast, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, or Be the Church, and uh, what God's doing through that, and Chapel Point over on the West Side Crusade. Just give us a call, contact us, let us know. We'd love to talk with you and share with you. And I know Pastor Joel is the kind of guy, if you need help, if you need anything, give him a call. He wants to bless you and be a blessing to your church and see you succeed. Well, folks, again, thank you for joining with us. It's been a privilege to be in your home, your car, wherever you may be listening today. And I look forward to being there again. God bless. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.